0: Technology alone can't solve the challenges nonprofits face, and that's why Neon One provides software that empowers you to manage constituents, all while giving you the resources and support you need to connect to what matters most, your people and their passions. Learn more about how Neon One is helping nonprofits create stronger connections by visiting neonone.com slash good. Hey, I'm John. And I'm Becky. And this is the We Are For Good podcast.
1: Nonprofits are faced with more challenges to accomplish their missions, and the growing pressure to do more, raise more, and be more for the causes that improve our world.
0: We're here to learn with you from some of the best in the industry, bringing the most innovative ideas, inspirational stories, all to create an impact uprising.
1: So welcome to the good community. We're nonprofit professionals, philanthropists, world changers, and rabid fans who are striving to bring a little more goodness into the world.
0: So let's get started. Oh my gosh, there is so much joy in this room right now.
1: John, it's ungettable get list day. You know the hype and the energy we have for those. <laughs> and we brought an artist in today who is jamming out to our music and has already <laughs> offered to create a cover for the We Are For Good intro song. Yes. Oh my gosh. <sighs> I hope that you are buckled up, friends, because we have Monica Eunice in the house and she is wo- not only one of the most beautiful artist out there inside and out. I mean, her creativity, her voice is absolutely world-renowned. But I'm here to tell you what she has done with her values, with her heart, with the things that she cares about. That is actually an even more beautiful story. So I got to like back up and share this story really, really quickly. I hope everybody listening knows about our ungettable get list. We put this thing together, it is a ridiculous, cheeky, irreverent Google sheet, like Google Doc <laughs> online that we post publicly of people that we would love to visit with in our community and on this podcast. You're going to know a lot of those names. They've got stuff like, you know, Michelle Obama, Lady Gaga on there. (laughs) They also have people like Monica Eunice, who creates an organization like Singing for Hope, who is literally creating a better world through the arts. So let me give you a little bit of background on her. She's a leading voice in the Artist as Citizen discussion. Mm -hmm. She is this incredible soprano who has performed at the Metropolitan Opera. She has performed in Spain, in Bangkok, in Guatemala, all around the world with her incredible voice. But that's not really how she shows up. She uses this gift and her voice to channel values and things that are important to her, like things like making arts accessible to all. And we just love the human that she is, how she shows up but but I have to say that Sing for Hope is just this incredible organization that 's mobilizing artists in service to benefit their communities in need, and they present these creative projects, and the first one I ever saw was the Sing for Hope pianos if you 've ever seen these videos they're so
0: cool. Aren't they 're viral
1: cool aren 't they i mean they 're <laughs> so painted cool. pianos in the middle of massive communities and small communities and people literally walk by and they just play and people gather and they soak up the beauty of the art and the peace and the togetherness. And then these pianos go to maybe an underserved school or a place that really needs an arts boost. It's just, if you could take that, that's what Monica's doing. She's channeling her art into so many cool and unique ways. I'm sorry. I know you need to come on and talk here, Monica, but I'm effusive (laughs) about you. She created an AIDS quilt songbook. She has created a children's music album called Legion of Peace, um, featuring musical portraits inspired by Nobel laureates. I mean, this is outside of the box thinking of the way to pair your art, what you can bring to the table with the causes and the philanthropy that moves your heart. And I just want to give a shout out to one of our amazing uh, community members, Evan Wildstein, who is in the arts community. He saw Monica on our ungettable get list and flexed everything he had <laughs> to send about 42 emails that led to Monica. That is the spirit of this community. Come into our house, Monica Yunus, graduate of the Juilliard School and daughter of a Nobel Peace Laureate. We are so oh, excited my you're here.
2: Gosh, I this is making my week. You guys are awesome and I'm just... I'm I'm thrilled to be here and thrilled to be on, on such a list. And I, I swear if you'd just reached out, I would have said, yes, absolutely. So here I am.
0: <laughs> She's I like, I
2: you could have dm me on like,
1: in my Instagram. I don't, really,
0: Major I don't gift think I'm so ungettable. Just ask. <laughs> <Yeah>. Just ask,
1: <laughs> that's, just ask,
2: right? <laughs> that's the beauty of this
1: community is we want all of the touch points to get to you because people are passionate about connecting other people to good. Yes. And the thing yes. is, it's, not everybody can get to a Michelle Obama. Not everybody can do what Lady Gaga has done, but everybody can do something. And the fact that you yes. are leveraging your platform internationally is something we just want to camp out on today, <laughs> understand you as a human, understand your heart, understand this ama- amazing organization. So let's back it up. We got to back yes. way, way okay. up. Back the trailer right. up.
2: Okay.
1: We want to know about Little Monica. Oh. <laughs> oh, Little we Monica. We want to know... How does like a supreme opera star, like how talk, talk to us <laughs> about being born and raised? You were born in Bangladesh to New Jersey. Tell I us know, the story. It's,
2: it's such a such a direct path, right? So, <laughs> um, so I was born in Chittagong, Bangladesh, actually in the in a um, in the hill tracks of Chittagong, Bangladesh. Um, my mother and father were in Bangladesh. My father was teaching at Chittagong University. And my mother was there and pregnant with me and I was born there and Then they uh, my mother came back to the States, they, they divorced and she came back to the States with me and we landed in New Jersey where her family was. And I grew up in this very um, <clears throat> multi environment where my mother uh, was Russian. She was a, a product of, of uh, displaced people after World War II. My grandparents, one was from Ukraine, one was from Belarussia. I grew up speaking Russian and grew up in the Russian Orthodox Church, we that music and and singing with my grandmother, highly influencing me. Um, But I don't look particularly Russian. So the other half of me is from Bangladesh. And of course, my father, who's a Nobel Peace Prize laureate, Muhammad Yunus and his work, I just have had this, you know, it's interesting to to look back. So a question like, uh, you know, what did little Monica do? little Monica was in the back of her friend's car and singing at the top of her lungs. And the friend's mom being like, can you keep it down back there? (laughs) So that is, that was me. You know, I was singing to the birds in my driveway and just always wanting to perform, always wanting to use my voice. I don't think I knew that I would use it both metaphorically and, you know, and on a stage, but that's kind of uh, it. it, I, I feel very lucky to know that that was what I wanted to do from the get go. And now today I have a, a seven year old son and he's constantly singing. And so a lot of that is like coming back to me and just knowing that, you know, you can't keep a voice inside. And, and when you mm-hmm. are allowed that space, allowed that opportunity to make a little noise and, and sing your song, it's a really beautiful thing. And I don't take that for granted.
0: I mean, what a beautiful story! Um, I just can't imagine what your dinner conversations were like growing <laughs> up. You know,
2: well, there was a lot of very, uh, very stern Russian grandmother <laughs> saying, tell, <laughs> telling me to finish what was on my plate. So there was a lot of that. That's what Russian
1: grandmothers and Italian <laughs> oh, absolutely, grandmothers and will they, do yes, well, many grandmothers. That. Right,
2: they're they're putting more <laughs> food so. on the plate and telling you to eat it. So yeah, there's that.
0: Oh my word! But I mean, take us to the next chapter. I mean, sure. you have this really incredible human being that's cultured so incredibly from the beginning. Take us to the start of Sing for Hope. I know it has roots in the 9-11 tragedy. Yes. So maybe you can connect the two.
2: Absolutely. So, you know, little Monica grows up and still connects very strongly with uh, singing and wanting desperately to pursue music. And I ended up doing my undergraduate degree at Juilliard. And on the first day of my graduate work there at Juilliard, 9-11 happened. And um, I remember very clearly getting on the subway, going to school, having watched a plane hit the second tower on my, uh, on my television and, um, getting on the subway and going, okay, I'm, I'm going to school. That's what I have to do. I it was in a daze, like all of us were, and I got to the school grounds at which point, you know, a, a security guard who I'd known for, for years because I'd done my undergrad there told, asked me for my ID and told me to go home. And I, um, You know, in the days after, not many people know this, but Juilliard shares a city block with a firehouse that was among the first responders and they lost 12 men that day. And in our grief, in our collective grief, my co-founder and I, Camille Zamora, both students at Juilliard at the time, we got together and we gathered some friends and we said, let's just go sing for them. You know, what can we do? Let's go make music. This is such a hard time. At that moment, they were still waiting for people to come back unfortunately no one came back but in those days after it was a gathering spot and so we brought music and we brought our hearts and we brought our empathy and that was sort of a catalyst for how sync for hope was was grown you know we we had many many conversations of you know what do artists do in these moments you know what do we do what role do we play in the discussion of being a citizen of being a human of being an empathetic human in these very difficult situations. So not knowing anything about nonprofit, knowing only that, you know, we really wanted to use our voices. We set about the sing for hope journey and it was, you know, it's been a 16 year journey. And today we do one of the country's largest public art projects, the sing for hope pianos. Um, If you went to our website today, you'd see over 600 sing for hope pianos all over. They're they're being brought to uh, schools, hospitals, elder care facilities. And we really like to say that they're a tool for our uh, toolbox of making art for all accessible, art for all available, and really just engaging in that creativity. I think, you know, today, there are a lot of things that we could be down about. There are a lot of, there is so much uh, division right now. Art is one of the ways that we can have a conversation, have an opportunity to see one another as humans and to see a way forward. And that's for, that's on so many different levels.
1: Wow. Oh I, I just, I just honestly am visualizing like the heaviness in that fire station mm. and yeah. how the world's preeminent, you know, artist come into that space with the most beautiful voices, sense of love and community and what a moment that is! And that is what I think. I mean, everybody on this podcast knows I love the arts. I was raised in the arts. It's mm-hmm. such. I mean, I don't think you can be in some of this work as a creative without having just an appreciation for what the arts are.
2: Absolutely, we all have that moment. You know, you you all we we all know the song that's going to get us through a hard day. We all have those pieces of art that are meaningful to us, and I think it it goes to a cellular soul level of why humans need to connect, why in this time of the pandemic where, yes, maybe there were wonderful things about it that we got to stay home and had more time with family, you know, but there were also really difficult times about it, obviously, you know, not just not being able to be in community, because we need that opportunity to be in community. And I think that's why the arts are so significant, because they are the Sort of glue that like one of the very strong glues that can keep communities thriving, can keep communities in conversation, whether you agree or not, can keep communities in a discussion about what do we want next. And I think that's what's so important. Um, one of my <laughs> one of my picadillos, if you will, is when people say, "Well, why you know why the arts? Why do the arts matter?" Um, and to me, it's a really Really easy way for people to connect. You know, it's an it's an incredibly um, direct path for people to see. Oh, you know, if you 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 might not agree on anything, you might agree on an artist, you might agree on a song, you might agree on a piece of artwork. That that is sort of the the heart's direct path to another heart.
1: Amen.
0: It's like the ability to connect, but also to like transport you. You know, and absolutely, that's the power of art. And I just think we were traveling this summer and we were in this like quiet garden just walking along and there was this family that was traveling together, obviously, but they were harmonizing and singing (laughs) in this like portico and it's like people just gathered and stopped. And it's like, it's like we were all just transfixed and they were speaking a different language than Mm -hmm. we were. And it was just like a powerful uniting moment. And I just think of what you can offer and the way that you interrupt the normal flow of the day to drop this in, it does give people respite and it gives them a safe place. Like it's such a beautiful mission, you know, and I can see how you've been so transfixed on bringing it to other people.
2: Well, I know that moment, exactly that moment that you're talking about where you just see how something like that can affect people and you don't know where they're coming from that day. You don't know what kind of day they're having. You don't know in a concert hall, you know, if you walk out on stage and there are 600 people in that audience how many of them have had maybe the worst day of their lives, the best day of their lives, the everything in between? But by the fact that you are gathering, by the fact that you are allowing people an opportunity to collectively listen to the same tune, no matter where you are, regardless of whether or not it's a a stage, uh, a, you know, that's a, a sophisticated stage. Whether it's the street, whether it's it's again, it's that connection and and spontaneous community making that I think is so vital and so needed today because we 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 need that opportunity to see each other as humans.
1: I agree and I just I love this conversation so much because we believe community is everything. It's it's literally the final core value of our company. Mm-hmm. And we love to bring in people who can interpret that in so many different ways because we talk so much about digital community because we're all not in the same physical space sure. but wow if you can get into the same physical space you know and there's something m- more magical that happens because you can touch it you can see it you can smell it you can hear it. i mean it's just you have all the sensors sensory parts going and and i just i want to compliment you about your programming and i want you to like talk to us about All of your incredible programs, of which, of course, you know, John, I'm going to geek out just a little bit because (laughs) her education program is called Don't Throw Away Your Shot. And for anyone (laughs) who loves Hamilton as much as my children and I do, who are the ones singing and screaming it at, at the top of our lungs in the car. <laughs> I want to know about these programs and how people can tap into Sing for Hope. Absolutely.
2: Well, that's, that's, that's the fun part of the conversation, right? So yes, we have lots of different programs. And I should say that you know the pandemic has thrown so many different challenges to so many different organizations, and ours was not one that skipped that. Um, everything that we did before the pandemic was in person. You know, when we went to an elder care facility, we were there physically. The artist was there with their violin or they were there with their magical fingers playing that Sing for Hope piano. All of that had to stop during the pandemic, needless to say. So it gave us what I'm calling now an opportunity, an opportunity to rethink what it means to be in community. Right. Because we still need that opportunity to speak to one another, to see one another. So like everyone else, we developed digital community. We developed things like open arts, you know, opportunities for artists to um, provide little concerts via Zoom. And that was sort of our way of of connecting with elder care facilities, because at that point, you know, there was no way that we could go inside those facilities. So how could we bring it to them? So it was all about bringing these these wonderful musical performance happenings to community and watching that chat blow up. Oh, Hey, do you know this song? Do you think you might be able to play this arrangement? So that was one large pivot and a very big learning for us because of course, you know, I I always say I'm kind of the I, I'm not a digital person. So the fact that I can get my Zoom working, the fact that I could get my way to this so podcast, proud of you. Like, I'm proud of myself today too. <laughs> I made it. But you know, we still have we still have team meetings sometimes where we're telling our colleagues, you know, "Hey, you're Hey, you're on mute. You're on mute." Oh, yeah. And that's kind of a a, a little. It, it's it's yeah, we're we're all there, right? But it's funny because that's kind of how we felt, right? We all felt muted, didn't we? We all felt in a way this um kind of muted connection and so how were we going to transform our organization to highlight the fact that we still needed that connection and we were going to figure out ways to do it so that was one of our programs another one of our programs which you mentioned becky um don't throw away your shot that was actually a a, a project that was um we're very proud we were one of 30 organizations selected by the cdc foundation to inspire vaccine confidence, and our proposal was that we could do that through the arts. Yeah, of course, of course we could you do can. that. Through I the love arts. it. So, you know, some organizations did, you know, um, poster challenges. We wrote a musical. And we called it "Don't throw away your shot." And we had actors who would present it. So
1: smart <laughs> and cheeky. Yes, yes. yes.
2: Thank you, Lynn Manuel. I hope you're not mad, but we did call it, "Don't throw away your um, shot." Lynn
1: Manuel, you're um, on our uh, gettable get list. Okay, <laughs> okay there, there you go. Shout out, shout
2: out, <laughs> shout out to the one and only. Um, but yeah, we wrote this this piece. We had a fantastic um, writer songwriter, and the piece was set in a lunchroom, and it was. Yes, it was to develop vaccine confidence, but it was also to explore what it means to make choices. And so um, we, we had a lot of success in, in bringing that online to many schools and to the schools that we could bring it in person. It was a little production that had a workshop after, after the um, presentation to kind of talk about what that means. You know, what does it mean to make choices? Um, so that was that was our "Don't Throw Away Your Shot" program. Um, we have a Sing for Hope Lab um, that is uh, touching the lives of 400 young people in this Amani School in Mount Vernon, New York. Um, we are in development of a Sing for Hope Choir. Um, we have an incredible opportunity to bring young voices together of different ages, and in fact, our launch this summer was at the United Nations. Casual. We brought, 70, <laughs> we brought 70 young people to sing our sort of flagship song called Dream Big, Speak Loud um, at the United Nations in the General Assembly for the high level political forum. That was sort of a mountaintop moment wow. for me. Because we also created a Sing for Hope piano that has the sustainable yes. development goals painted on the piano.
0: The SDGs piano. are that, wrapped. Yes, That's awesome. The
2: SDGs <laughs> are wrapped on this Sing for Hope piano. And that piano now Great lives <laughs> at the United Nations. And we are hoping to activate that in the months ahead. But very exciting because you know we as an organization align ourselves with specific sustainable development goals. For us, they are um, healthy cities and communities, quality education, good health and well-being, and the last one, which is partnerships. We're all about partnerships. We are all about creating change through the arts in these different ways. And aligning with those SDGs allows us an opportunity to kind of set our um, markers high and align with the global community that that comes around them. So I talked about education. I talked a little bit about our programming for elders, and we're very excited that we're now getting back to being in person with those communities, which is fantastic. Um, We also are looking to bring the Sing for Hope pianos back large and in charge. We've had a a couple of uh, partnership opportunities. We brought them Ironically enough, during the pandemic, we had an opportunity to bring them to a completely new city. So we brought the sync for Hope pianos to Los Angeles and Beverly Hills. And 17 Sink for Hope pianos were just recently placed in 17 different schools, complete with ribbon cuttings and performances around each one of those very different. Each one is different. Each one has a, you know, an artist uh, uh, vision, For what they put on that Sing for Hope piano. So, very exciting that we were able to do that in a different city. Um, We're also working with an artist partner in Europe. He has created a Sing for Hope piano in the German town of Firth near Nuremberg. And Mm -hmm. that was a a Sing for Hope collaborative, Sing for Hope piano collaborative with um, Ukrainian refugee children and wow. And with this artist leading the charge, so
1: he was what able a, to do workshops what a wonderful with them. honoring of your own legacy. Absolutely.
2: it was very um, very, very special to me and we're, we're working on a few more in the weeks ahead actually. So lots of programming it's it's funny sometimes when I start to talk about it I'm like, yeah, we did that. <laughs> we did that and now, okay, now how do you sort of coalesce all of that into, you know, one brief mission statement. And for us, it's our for all. How do we infuse the arts? And for you know, for me, that's singing. I'm a singer. Um, but for so many different people, it can be your your artistry, your creativity can be expressed in so many different ways. And we're always really just so happy to see how people bring their creativity to different to the different communities that they're
1: in. And I just want to say, like, create a visual for everyone. If you don't know about these pianos, yes. <laughs> like, as your resident marketers disguised as fundraisers, <laughs> like, the the branding, the joyfulness, I mean, they're, they're rainbow painted, they're splatter, they're yellow, they're, apparently they have SDGs <laughs> written all over them. I mean, it is literally like a billboard. And you use that billboard so smartly. And humanely. And the joyfulness that comes from it in the sense of belonging that's baked into it, like start, that's the first visual before anybody ever plays. And that's what I think is so cool about what you do. It's not just the music.
2: I love that you're using the word belonging because that is something that is alongside the arts. You know, what does it mean to be creative? You know, what's the metric for that? What's the metric for belonging? How do we measure that? how do we measure joy these are the things that we sit around our sort of our team table and say you know what tells us we're on the right path what tells us that we are actually creating community and i think that sense of belonging and you know you mentioned this earlier you heard a family singing and spontaneous community happened and i think that's something that's really important to remember like how does the art called to as wide a a, a community as possible. And what does it mean to belong to that community? Particularly when we talk about, you know, um, sustainable cities and communities, what does that mean? Especially now, I think we have an incredible opportunity to reframe that and say, okay, that means that, you know, on any given evening in my small town, there's something happening and it's a call for people just to be together. There doesn't have to necessarily be a town meeting. It just is something where people feel safe, people feel welcome, and people can enjoy being together.
1: Taking a quick pause from today's episode to thank our sponsor, who also happens to be one of our favorite companies, Virtuous. You know we believe everyone matters, and we've witnessed the greatest philanthropic movements happen when you both see and activate donors at every level, and Virtuous is the platform to help you do just that. It's so much more than a nonprofit CRM. Virtuous helps charities reimagine generosity through responsive fundraising, volunteer management, and online giving. And we love it because this approach builds trust and loyalty through personalized engagement. Sounds like Virtuous might be a fit for your organization? Learn more today at Virtuous.org or follow the link in our show notes.
0: Everyone matters, you know, and that's our first core value here. And I think I'm just so taken aback because there's a place for someone to plug in at your mission at literally every level from like the most bypasser (laughs) to a creative that it's hard to find ways to activate artists that have passion. You found ways to connect them and give them a place of belonging and all the way up to major gifts. I'm sure you have all those needs too. Where did this wiring come from? Like, take us back. You started this as a nonprofit from the ground up. I mean, take us back, like what inspires you and what have you kind of learned as you've scaled the infrastructure of this mission?
2: Well, I, I have to say first is my shout out to my, my sister um, and my partner in all things, uh, Camille Zamora. I could not have built this organization without her. And she would say the same thing if she were on here as well we have a tremendous amount of respect for one another and we complement each other's strengths and we take each other's weaknesses. <laughs> so, you know, like any, uh, like,
1: like a any job. good partnership, right?
2: Like any good partnership. <laughs> yeah. And that is really at the heart of it. I think that, you know, we, we joke all the time that we fight clean <laughs> and when we disagree, we, all right, well, you know, usually um, we, we, we are both sopranos, we I can will say. we both each sopranos other for days. and we both, went, and, we both and, we, and we both survived Juilliard. So there's Power there's house. there's that story too. So but um, it's it's you know we we have had an incredible working relationship. We are women led, we are artist led and it's not something again, it's just not something I take for granted. Um, nothing that we built you know, we always say that we're like, we're just so we're so lucky we have each other because I think that we've built upon uh, each other's strengths over the years and, and been able to brainstorm. And I remember, I mean, I have notebooks after notebooks of ideas. Um, How are we going to do that? How are we going to do that? And every year, I think it's super important to us to kind of look back and go, okay, we did that. We set that goal. We made that goal. We did not make this goal what about this? What are we looking forward to? And, and what are the things that we can say, this this worked really well. Now we have to sort of retool and get to the next level. And I think that's exciting. And that 16 years in, the fact that I can say that is exciting to me. It's exciting to, uh, to share that with a team. You know, right now we are, um, you know, we have all kinds of learnings that we've had because of the pandemic. And we're trying to sort of put all of those learnings into play and into strategy and that's ex- that's an exciting time for us
1: I'm just so proud of you and you you keep learning and listening and and I and I feel that it, like th- that um, symmetry between the artist mm-hmm. always learning always getting better always perfecting their craft I mean that is so much aligned with nonprofits just, always trying to listen, like trying to iterate, trying to improve programs, trying to stay modern and relevant, trying to connect with the right people. And it truly is a journey. I just commend you and Camille. And, you know, I just think about a lot of people that are in our community right now and uh, is so many of them that we know dearly and, and love and are applauding are trying to start their own foundations yes, right now yes. or their own nonprofits. Yes. And I'm just like, what would you tell them? What would you say to them? What pieces of advice would you give them as they're kind of walking through the murky early you know, days of trying to get that set up? We took a lot of meetings with a lot of people. And I
2: think you know, one of the things, my best advice is to look around and see if something is out there that is similar to what you're thinking of starting and then go there and see if there's a way to plug into that See if there's a way to learn from it. Um, I, I don't necessarily believe that there's always a, a reason to start your own. That's not to say that that's not the path for you. I'm just saying as a starter, ex, you know, from, from the get-go, look around and see what's out there. Uh, in those initial meetings, we've had we had everything from "I don't get what you're doing," I really don't <laughs> understand. Had those too. <laughs> What what is it that you're trying to yeah. do? I don't get yeah. it. Yeah, weekly, exactly. Oh, yeah. this this will never work. Um, and then other people were like, "I get that. Here's how I think you should tweak what you're trying to get at." So the communication aspect of it was something that hit us really hard at the beginning. You know, we went through tons of notebooks trying to figure out what our mission was going to be so that people could get it. And that's something that we work on still. I mean, the mission is not going to change, but maybe how you communicate it, maybe how you um, decide to present it. Who's your audience? Who are you talking to about it? Is it an artist who really gets what, you know, what we were trying to set out to do. Is it a funder who has maybe different, um, different words that would strike them in a different way? Is it a, a community partner who has, little to no budget to execute on that. So, you know, I would say try to listen to people who are out there in the field of what you would like to get into or in the field of what you want to start. Does that make
0: sense? Oh my gosh, does it make sense? It's so much sense. And I love it from the beginning, like your gut in this has been the same. Like you knew what you wanted to do, but you've been real open-handed yeah. for how that takes shape. And that's a real sweet spot to be oh, in. Oh God, you know? yes
2: that would be my other uh, advice is just Mm. ask for help, you know, ask for help. And the way you ask for help is by being open and humble about it. And then thanking people. I'm constantly surprised.
1: Stewardship 101.
2: (laughs) I'm constantly surprised Mm. at how much people don't necessarily then say, you know, Oh, I, I really appreciate that. Thank you for that you know, that's something that is really important, you know, because people don't, one thing that you can never get back is time. And if somebody's taking their time, you know, to advise or to, um, to be a mentor, I think that it's, it's just a nice thing to do
0: is to, to well, I think fine. that's absolutely going to thread into this Thank next them. question, because I mean, we look at the partnerships that Sing for hope has been able to, you know, bring together corporations and municipalities. I mean, what is the secret sauce do you feel like in cultivating those magic partnerships and relationships?
2: <laughs> Two parts. One is failing quickly. And, you know, if you know that it's not going anywhere, it's okay to say, it's okay. Yeah. Time out. It's all right. It's okay. Not everything that we put out there gets picked up and that's okay. And I think that comes back to being Two sopranos who get lots of rejections. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I
1: mean, we know we know what it means to be. You're like Teflon at this. Point. I mean, at this
2: point, it's like, oh, that didn't work out. Okay, moving on. You know, you just yeah. get up faster. And some of those, like those, some of those initial conversations where I don't get what you're doing, this will never work. Those were hard, you know, because you're putting your heart out out there and you're saying, but you no, know, but I do think it's going to work. Well, okay, well let me go back to the drawing board. I did not communicate that effectively. Here's what they didn't get. So let me make sure it's baked in the next time around. And as far as partnerships, same thing. Who's your audience? What is it that they want to get out of this? You know, because everybody has goals. Everybody has their key performance indicators. So what language can you speak? I speak, you know, the language of partnership. Okay, great. Partners understand what partners need for for their side. And so I think, We've been able to have successful partnerships because I, I like to think that we have made people's job easier to de, to to deliver on what their promises, regardless of what it is. And as long as you're in alignment with that, then it makes sense. And that's how we approach partnerships, too. When whether it's, um, you know, an elder care community and we're going in and we're saying, listen, we have music but you have tastes that, you know, we want to know about. What do you want to hear? Actually, it's not about just going and saying, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to present whatever it is that is on my playlist, so to speak.
1: (laughs) Turn it up. You know, it's great. Like get in there and go do some love. Yeah. It's going to be great. Yeah. It's going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) How about
2: maybe, maybe they don't like opera. That's okay. You know, I've run into those people too. That's fine. We have, you know, instrumentalists and we have people who can play all kinds of music. So it's, it's about that partnership. So I'm going into somebody's Community space, and I'm asking, hey, I want to be part of your community. What will make that easy for you to be part of your community? What it is? What what do you need? That's really important. Not only does that give agency to to the partner, but you know you're respecting them. You're coming into their space, and that goes for whether you're in a school, whether you're in a, a you know marketing communications relationship. You know, and, and it's it it's interesting to me how many different partners we have and the different kinds of language tools communication tools that you need to to use to to make sure that those partnerships are as fruitful as they can be
1: and doesn't it just feel better to love yeah, that too sure that yes, way absolutely it, it it just feels better on both ends and to me, that's the difference between pitching and partnering, what mm. yes. you just oh, I love said, that. right there. And there's an equal benefit. Everybody comes to the table with something. Everybody gets to take something away, and it feels better. That is the evolution of what I'd love to see in nonprofit. And so, okay, I got to ask this question because we just had Sarah Adolphson on who runs just this mi- wonderful um, impact agency out of West Hollywood. And we were talking about the role of celebrity and philanthropy and how to use your platform for good. You use your platform for good, Monica. It's why (laughs) you've been on the ungettable get list since it was first created. So talk to us about how you channel that talent and that philanthropy into ways that just build empathy, connectivity, equality. We we would love for you to just talk about your philosophy on that and why you chose to lean into it. Cause we want so many others to do the same thing.
2: Absolutely. I think, um, you know, for Camille and myself, we just knew that we had several goals for how we were gonna use our gifts. And one of those gifts is singing. And another is just the connectivity. I like to think of us as the sort of pied pipers of artists <laughs> and we're leading this happy Indian. happy <laughs> little band of artists into communities. And you know, we've all been on those Zoom calls where there's like no energy and everybody's sort of like waiting for the where no one turns on their, their screen the It's so awkward. Yeah. N- nobody turns on their oh screen. Gosh, hate, and then they don't turn on your screen. I know. I, think a
1: cyborg. I know. Yes. So
2: we are the people who come yeah. on and we're like, hey, how's everybody doing today? You know, and, and you just, you want to get to know them and it's it's genuine. And so I think that we've gotten really good and we have remained very passionate about what it is we do. And so it's easy to then share that passion with other people because they, they just get it. And, and I don't know, maybe... I don't, I don't know how much more I can say about that, honestly, because I feel like we've been so lucky in finding our people who are like, yes, I get that. And when we find somebody who's like, no, I don't really get that. That's okay too. And that's why, that's what I, I say, you know, feel quickly. Not everybody has to be in your banda. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like not everybody's in the band and that's okay. It's really okay. I think it's, it's about finding the people that really are true and passionate about what it is you're doing and then get them yeah. on your board and then get them get them to a point where they're able to also um, get other people on board.
0: I mean, I think passion, it's kind of like kindness wow. we talk about a lot too, is like can be a great disruptor. Because people are magnetic to people oh, that just have passion. You can get excited. I can get about excited about sports if the person I'm talking to is that enthusiastic about sports, you know? Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> right. That's absolutely. a lot about you, John. So I wouldn't <laughs> undersell it.
2: Speaking of sports, we have a wonderful new relationship with the Amazing Mets Foundation. What? And they are <gasps> the going Yes. And they. See,
0: I'm actually excited. Major League Baseball team. <laughs> the enthusiasm is City. real. I'm telling you, it's passion. <laughs>
1: I'm teasing. Teez- yeah. He didn't know that one. <laughs> That's the one oh, where they throw the ball. Okay. Like the other Thank one where all. they throw the ball. No, just kidding. <laughs> Good
0: sport. <laughs> awesome. There it is.
1: A Mets Foundation is
2: amazing. Yes, Congrats. amazing Mets Foundation. They are dedicated to community. They love the Sing for Hope pianos. And we are creating a special Sing for Hope piano for the Mets and we will it will be at the city field and we will also create one for the brooklyn cyclones And so that's coming up next season. We are thrilled. We're going to have our youth choir there to kick it off. It's going to be pretty incredible. I'm I'm like, that's a game I will turn out for.
0: Let's do it. (laughs) See, there you go. See
2: (laughs) music community. What, I mean, what, what more do you need? Baseball and music? Like, yes, we love it. So very grateful to them. Very excited about that. And um, yeah, I just can't wait.
1: Can we get the Mets Foundation and the Met to do something oh,
2: more? Oh, cool? yeah. I mean, it's
1: like the arts, <laughs> the, the oh Mets and the Met yes, would I love be it. amazing.
0: Love it. Yes. I mean, this conversation—we yeah. have full hearts, we have huge smiles on our faces because we're talking so much today. I think about <laughs> philanthropy and just like the greater, bigger, beautiful sense that there's a lot of ways to show up and just show love to other people. We talk about philanthropy every day on the podcast. Is there a moment in philanthropy? It can be big, small, that's stuck with you, Monica, and you've gotten to be witness to so much.
2: Absolutely. Um, I think there's a, when I was little, my mom used to take me to elder care facilities at the holidays and we would sing um, holiday songs together. And I just remember that. It has stuck with me my whole life. And um, I just have a soft spot for the elders in my life and uh, always have my grandmother and I were very close. I sang with her in the choir and there was something very humble about that act. It wasn't like we were giving, you know, we weren't writing a big check or anything, but I was, I was taught early on to give of oneself. And that was something very special and something that stuck with me. It's something that no matter where I'm performing, I take with me on stage because there is a beautiful, Energy exchange. When you're standing on stage and you are giving of yourself, whether you're playing an instrument or you are, you know, talking to an audience, your energy is connecting with this large group. And then they give their energy to you. And it's just this beautiful human cycle. And I think that's that's when you stand back and you go, Is this really happening? This is great. And so it becomes sort of this multi-layer, right? There's the art that's happening. Maybe you're talking about something you know some very philosophical topic maybe you're singing the most exquisite mozart aria maybe you're playing incredible bach maybe you're at a rock concert and it is just like rocking your soul all of that is just a sort of an excuse to feel your most human and your most actively engaged and i think that's that's oh i love those moments so that moment for me as a little kid being on a quote unquote stage. I I don't know. I'm sure it was in a (laughs) cafetorium. I was very small. (laughs) And, you know, most people around me were in wheelchairs. I don't know if they'd had any visitors, but I just remember singing and suddenly the energy in the room changed. And I'm sure it wasn't because I was some great little tiny singer. It was because I was there and I was connecting and, you know, people need that. And so I think that that, to me, is a core, um, a core value for myself with a capital S is just how do we connect with people? For me, it's through my artistry. How does one make a difference in, world, in the world? And I, I think when people hear the word philanthropy, they may think that it's financially um, financial engagement. But I don't think it's that. I think it's, it's, it's finding what you're passionate about. And then going and seeking a way to be of service. And thats I think that's very human. I don't think you need to be a philanthropist. You don't need to be any kind of special person. You just are a human. And you see a need and you try to figure out a way to help that in whatever way you can.
1: I agree with you. And I love that you brought it back to family and to just that early lived experience as a child. And I've never done this in 320 episodes, but I have been thinking about this story the entire time you've been talking and I have to share it because, you know, we're from Oklahoma city and, you know, I, and I lived in Oklahoma. City. I've been to Tonkawa. What? Tonka, you were in Tonkawa? What?
2: <laughs> oh yeah. One of my closest friends
1: is from Tonkawa. Oh gosh. I love Holy it. smokes, love the inroads. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. Well, I was 15 years old when the Oklahoma City bombing happened, and I heard it, felt it. Um, it was a very close incident to our family. We ended up losing a very good friend, a member of our, of our church, and so my mother has been the music director at my home church for 30 years. And when that terrorist attack happened, she got um, a piece of music sent to her. Um, as a gift once someone in the choral community found out what happened. And it was literally called Canical of Hope. I mean, the the similarities to Sing for Hope and Canical of Hope is crazy. And it is one of the most beautiful songs by Joseph Martin um, that was created. And they loved it so much. They performed it at this individual's funeral. 9-11 happens. And my mom and her church ended up sending copies of that anthem to every Lutheran church who lost a member in 9-11. That's not where the story ends. Someone from one of those churches loved that piece of music so much that they went and tied it to the fence Mm -hmm. at 9-11. And One day, and I'm backing up to the story, my mother goes to a sort of choral concert. This is Fancy Nancy, my my mother, the soprano, the arts lover, who taught me everything about loving the arts. And she gets to meet Joseph Martin. And she says, I want to tell you what this piece of music has meant to the history of my church, of our family, of our community, of the way that it's awakened and healed other communities. and." It's even been on this fence at 9-11, and he goes, you're the one. I can't believe you're the one. I walked past that. I saw my music there at Ground Zero, and I had no idea who put it there. But I thought the connection of what those songs meant to 9-11, to the Oklahoma City bombing, and the way that it comes in to heal. And I just keep thinking about that story. And, and I remember how in awe my mother was like telling me that story. And I remember hearing it going, what are the chances? But to me, and this is like my soapbox, I will just step on for a hot second. The arts are so unifying. They are deeply powerful. And they bring people together like no other. And so I just want to say to all of our friends working out there in arts and culture right now, which on a side note has had the highest turnover rate of any sector within nonprofit during the pandemic. I want to say it's over 30% of turnover in the arts category. We see you, we value you, we are rooting for you, keep going because your work deeply matters.
2: Yes. Yes. And yes. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that. That's so incredible. And it is, again, it's just, it's manifesting. I mean, there's something, there's so many of those moments for sing for hope where again, it's kind of this wild, crazy idea. Like, okay, we're going to put pianos in parks and public spaces, and we're going to ignite this creative arts movement and when it starts to happen or, well, where are we going to put 88 pianos? We're we going to do that in New York city. Oh, I know. We'll just talk to this person. That person will just give us space in New York city. <laughs> I, I mean, there are just so many, and, but yes. I mean, but that's what happened. And you know? that happened. And that happened. Uh, so it just, yeah, I, I'm fully in the manifestation of how things come together for a greater influence. Yeah.
0: And now I'll step off my little soapbox too. Y'all stay on the soapboxes. (laughs)
1: We have to (laughs) stay there if we're going to change the world. Stay on there. Shout it out. You know, Monica, we end all of our podcast conversations asking our guests to give us a one good thing. It could be a life hack, a mantra, a quote, something that you could offer up to the community to kind of awaken and inspire them today. Mm. What would be yours? Be good to yourself,
2: you know, because if you're not taking care of yourself, you're not going to be able to go out there and be your best self. And I think that people today have a hard time doing that. There are parents out there. There are people who are working two and three jobs out there also trying to find their passion. And I think it's okay to rest and it's okay to be good to oneself. It's like putting on that oxygen mask And I have a very hard time with that because I want to go, go, go. So I'm saying it as much for myself (laughs) as I am for everyone else. I do think that we've all collectively been through so much. And it's time that we pay a little bit of attention to ourselves. It's okay to do that, especially in in the nonprofit, in the space where you are very often thinking about how to make Mm -hmm. the world a better place. So how do you how do you take care of yourself too in that process?
0: I mean, the care in this conversation, the way that we feel cared for mm-hmm. and the way that you've kind of shared your story today has just been such a boost. Thank you for coming into this house. And we want to connect everybody to your mission and to you. And I'm sure you've been added to a lot of people's ungettable get list today as they've, <laughs> they've discovering you for the first time. <laughs>
1: just ask. Making
0: the <laughs> <laughs> just ask i mean me. just all the ways where you show up <laughs> online so people can connect and follow along with everything that's happening
1: oh yes please i love that <laughs> yes please so i am yeah. tell us what sing for hope needs Let's what do you out. need right now oh oh my gosh okay so we
2: are creating a creative arts movement. So get involved. And again, that doesn't necessarily mean through your donations, although we will happily take them too. Um, We are, if you're in New York on a weekly basis, we have awesome musicians that are playing at Moynihan train hall. That's a new, that's also a new program of ours. I can't believe I didn't even get through all of the programs, but yes, we're at Moynihan train hall providing glorious music. Come say hi. On Instagram, I'm at Eunice Monica, Y U N U S M O N I C A. Please follow us at Sing for Hope, S I N G F O R H O P E. We're also on Facebook, Sing the number four, Hope. Um, so get in touch. Check out our website for sure. Um, we have 600 pianos that you can pour over, wow. and each one is different. Wow. Um, we are developing ways in which hopefully you could bring the Sing for Hope pianos project to your town. It might be a little bit of a while, but I'm putting it out there in the universe because I talked a lot about manifesting. So I'm putting it out there. Can I give you a way to do that right this moment? No, I cannot. So I'm being very transparent, but circle back. We circle back. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and if you're in New York, check out the Sing for Hope pianos again, they're, they're, all over the place right now. There's one at this week, actually, we're at 28 Liberty on the pickleball courts. So (laughs) we've got a sing for a whole piano there. We've got music going on
1: and yes, check us out online, please. I, this, this exceeded the hype and the hype was high before you came in. (laughs) You are a treasure of a human. I'm so grateful you are in the world doing this work. I'm so glad that you have a seven year old son who is soaking all of this up, watching his mother just go rock this lifetime. (laughs) Keep going. Please know we're rooting for you.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And if you're in LA Camille and I are the artists in residence and Sing for Hope is the company in residence at the Wallace Center for the Performing Arts. So check us out in Los Angeles. We have three performances over the next year. One is October 12th, I believe. And then we're at the Wallace doing a fantastic cabaret December 13th. And we are premiering a long lost opera by the female composer Pauline Viardot, on March 3rd. And that's all on the Wallace website, Wallace Center for Performing Arts, but we are the artists in residence and it's going to be an exciting time to uh, come check us out.
0: Monica Eunice.
1: You're amazing. Keep singing, get on YouTube, fall in love with Monica's voice because we know you've fallen in love with her as a human being. Huge honor. Thank you so much. Keep going. Thank you. Thank you.